Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, this is our regular episode. I hope uh, you had a chance to listen to the special episode that was dropped on Friday. Uh, it was Picard Season 3 Review. Uh, this one's going to be more of a regular episode. We're going to jump into some Texas Tech sports news. I'll kind of give you my uh, overall thoughts on some other sports stories that have been going on. So let's jump right into it. Texas Tech baseball uh, ends up winning two out of three against Baylor. They also swept um, Grand Canyon University this week, so they ended up finishing this week at four and one. Um, I uh, I did not get to see the Saturday games. Um, Friday's game very impressive. Um, Molina was extremely impressive. Had seven strikeouts pitched into the seventh inning. Um, that's the type of performance that you need from him um, on a weekly basis. And he's, I mean, he's your ace. And so certainly that, that expectation should be in place. Uh, you know, um, when you, when he's able to pitch deep into the game, you're, you're not having to utilize your bullpen as much, which I think is a very important um, thing that, th- that this Texas tech baseball team needs to have happen for them to be successful. Offensively, I mean, they they were firing on all cylinders. Gavin Cash continues to just have a whale of a season. And, you know, they they made – Texas Tech made Baylor look like the worst team in the Big 12. Um, It wasn't even close. And that continued into Game 2 on Saturday. Tech wins up winning 14-9. Um, they end up having to do a doubleheader because of anticipation of weather, which typical West Texas, you know, it looks like we were going to get rain today and then it, f- it fades away and we get nothing. And so they probably could have played today. Would that have made a difference? You know, Tech ends up losing game three, eight to six. So they take the series two to one again. It's another third game that they lose after winning the first two games. We saw this pattern last year. It's kind of starting to emerge again this year. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that's an interesting, interesting thing to ponder. Could they have? Could they have had a better shot of winning today rather than a doubleheader? You know, again, it's 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 the pitching. The pitching is what's going going to get them get them far and get them a sweep. The sweeps that I think they really truly need to, you know, possibly get themselves in a better seating in the NCAA tournament, you know. Um, and really within within the realm of pitching, it's the walks that kill them. You know, Tech, Tech doesn't give up a lot of, you know, extra base hits, home runs. When they do, it's devastating because they tend to do that after they've walked two or three batters in a row. And you get yourself, and that—that's what kills you. And you know, if you if you fix the issue with walks, you know you're you're gonna be you're gonna be in a better position. And again, I, I think overall this is a win for this was a great week for Tech baseball. You get, your, I mean, it's hard to sweep teams, even statistically the worst team in the Big Twelve, which I truly believe that Baylor is. It's hard to sweep them. Now, having said that, you, you've now put yourself in a position where you really do need to try and sweep, you know, maybe Kansas. You get Kansas at Dan Law Field, you know, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, this week you've got 
ACU on the road. You need to take care of business there, and not that would be a really bad loss, honestly. You then you've got Kansas State this weekend in Manhattan. I'd love to get a sweep there. I think it's it's. I mean, it's pretty difficult to get a road sweep. I think clearly you better win the series. I mean, you you are on paper a better team than Kansas State. And so I, I think at minimum you need to go three and one this week. Four and zero would be a cherry on top, you know. And 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 the big the Big Twelve championship is still not decided, and you're still alive in that race. And so I think you have an opportunity, you know, if if you could somehow work your way to getting a sweep, you've you've got a great great chance to you know you just got to build build and stack wins and i think if you win the big 12 regular season championship you will at least be able be guaranteed to host a regional now super regional being a top eight seed i think that's probably out of the picture at this point but you know, you host a regional, you win the regional, and then depending on what happens in whatever regional you're matched up against, you could still find yourself hosting a super regional. So that that's certainly not out of the picture. You know, the latest uh, projections I've seen as far as NCAA tournament um, has Tech playing in the Fayetteville, Arkansas region as a three seed. I really would prefer not to be um, playing an SEC regional. I, I, you know, I've seen other projections where Tech goes to Eugene, Oregon, potentially Coral Gables, Florida. I kind of like those better. The only bright spot of that bracket with Tech and Fayetteville is if they were able to get out of the Fayetteville regional, you're matched up with the Austin regional, and I'd love to get another crack at Texas. I think Texas – was lucky that um, Coach Halliday at Oklahoma State's a big fat baby and threw a fit and got Brandon Beckles suspended for three games because I, I truly believe that if Beckel was playing that weekend, Tech would not have gotten swept for sure. For sure, I think they would have at least gotten one. I think possibly even two. Remember, there were two walk off wins for uh, UT in that series. I think that series looks extremely different. If you were able to have uh, Beckel there that weekend, so um, that's the only thing that would be a bright spot if if they end up in that region. It's still you know somewhat early. Things can can continue to be ever changing, um, but you know you you certainly I think are now in the position you need to start focusing in on your seating. Right now, I think most projections I've seen is you're kind of on that two three line. If you can somehow find a way to win the Big 12, I think you get yourself a regional host. So there, there's – bottom line, there is a lot still to play for for this baseball team. And I, I think, you, you know, you still have a great chance to go on a run in June. I think you have the talent. It's it's going to boil down to pitching um, like it was – like it did last year, like it did, you know, really every year that Tech is, has has been under Tim Tadlock. It's, it's the pitching that gets you – where where you need to be and that's what that's why the 2020 season still continues to be the big what if because I truly believe you had you finally had the right combination of pitching the right formula of pitching where you could have you could have won in Omaha and won won the whole thing and 
you know, that's going to always be the big what if um, with that 2020 team. So, all right, let's switch gears. Let's talk some basketball. Uh, quite a bit of movement this week in the basketball picture. Um, it started last Sunday with um, the announcement that Jalen Tyson um, is entering the transfer portal. A lot of Tech fans freaked out when when that took place. You know they're, you know, and I I, I I'm not gonna lie. I was I was disappointed. Not disappointed in Jalen Tyson, by the way. I'm disappointed in the fact that you know he um, is leaving. I think that's. That that's kind of bad. I mean, not kind of. It is bad. I think it's it's um, you know he was he was a really great bright spot on this year's team. Here's something that really irritated me with everything that went on with with Jalen Tyson this week is it was it was quite I'll say it's quite sad um, more than anything, but it was almost like instantaneously when Jalen Tyson enters the portal. Then it turned into, oh well, you know he was. This is his third team. This is his third transfer. You know he was the problem, and and all these sort of things got thrown at at Jalen Tyson, and not I think unfair allegations at him. You know, again, we are in a different world, and you are going to see multiple players entering the portal. That's just the way it works. Uh, in in college basketball, we can debate if it's good or bad, you know. But that's the world we live in in college sports now. You're going to see players enter the portal multiple times, just like in professional sports, you see players sign for multiple different teams. So, I don't, I don't blame uh, Jalen Tyson at all. I, I think. Probably we can read the tea leaves and very clearly see that most likely, you know, this this was a coach coach decision that they wanted to move on from him. I'm disappointed because I, I do think Jalen Tyson was a, a very important um, asset to this basketball team and could have been an important asset going in next year. But I'm not the coach and I don't get paid the big bucks. So. The other big kind of transfer news, uh, Daniel Bacho is officially um, committed to Louisiana Tech. I'm very sad to see him go as well, but um, I, I think it was kind of clear even uh, towards the end of the season that this was probably going to be the case, that he was not going to come back. You know, things <coughs> – he started out really strong, you know, this season, and it just – I don't know what, what exactly transpired and happened, but, you know, he kind of faded – and into the background, um, in going into Big Twelve conference season, so I wish him the best. Uh, another seems like a really great guy, and you know he ends up going to Louisiana Tech, where you have a former Tech assistant that's the head coach there, and so I think you know that that'll be a really good good place for him to be. Um, so that's kind of where we're at as far as transfers. You know, Jalen Tyson, he, you know he visited Cal this weekend, uh, is visiting Kansas and Auburn. It will. It, I'm not gonna lie. It will be very sad if we have to have Jalen Tyson in a Kansas uniform next year. Um, could happen though, and we'll see. We'll see. You know, but you did get some news this week of new 
commits to the Texas Tech basketball team. And I'm sorry, I'm in the process of looking them up because I don't remember their names off the top of my head. <laughs> um, you got a guy from U- not Utah State. Um, sorry. God see the Chris Carver show. This is this is what happens when let me look this up real quick. Uh, but you know, both guys are coming from non um, power five conferences. Um, first one that that committed is Darian Williams from Nevada. He was the leading scorer in the Mountain West last year, and six um, six guard, averaged seven point six points per game, seven point three rebounds, two point seven assists. Um, the other one that committed was Chance McMillan from Grand Canyon, and I think both of them are quality pickups. And certainly, I, I don't think you're done, obviously, in the transfer portal, but. I think two quality pickups, and it'll be interesting to see how they mesh um, with what Grant McCaslin's trying to do. It does seem like the plan is kind of kind of to essentially blow up last year's team and rebuild with it with a new crop. Um, now you will have um, obviously Pop Isaacs and Jennings are both coming back at this point. Jennings is. Uh, I, I don't. I'd be shocked if either of them changed their mind. Jennings, you know, certainly was in the portal and then came out of the portal after McCaslin was was hired. And you know, you still have some other pieces on this team that um, we haven't heard from. But sounds like they might be coming back in in, in Washington. Demarion Williams, Kerwin Walton. We'll see. It's still you know you still have time to enter the portal, so that that certainly could could uh, continue to happen. But um, I think certainly, I think with uh, both Davion Harmon and Jalen Tyson seemingly being persuaded to leave, I think there's going to be a bigger push to let's start over again with a rebuild. It's risky because, you know, I, I truly do believe, I know this team only won five Big 12 games. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, radio hosts want to run down, well, we're, we're fine with whoever leaves from this team because they only won five games. I think that's a very ignorant statement. It's a very simplistic statement to say about the season that just happened for basketball. Because if you really, you know, dive deep, there was really only one game this team was blown out of, and it was the Iowa State. You know, the other games... They were in it, and things just did not uh, trend their way. And so I don't think that's uh, necessarily fair to say, well, this team was was a five Big 12 conference win-level talent. They were on the short end of the stick for many games this season. And so, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think what, what's been proven, what Kansas State proved this year, is you can tear down and, and lose a lot of teams – and rebuild very quickly. You know, Kansas State last year was the last place Big 12 team. They bring in Jerome Tang. They lose players like Nigel Pack, and then they were able to, I mean, they got themselves the Elite Eight this year. So is McCaslin trying to follow that blueprint? I think possibly, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, certainly, you know. I'm, I'm not jumping off the McCaslin ship when the guy hasn't even coached a game yet. So, all right, let's, uh, one other big basketball news. We got news this week that the TBT tournament is going to be coming to Lubbock. I think this is fantastic news. 
I think certainly it's going to be interesting to see who is going to be joining this team. Uh, you know, you've had Matt Mooney, Tariq Owens already say they're part of it. Davide Moretti. We had players last year that said they were in, and then you get to Wichita, they were out. So we'll kind of just have to stay tuned and see. I, I hope they're part of the team. I'm also kind of intrigued to see who is going to be the coach. I certainly probably don't see Luke Adams coaching uh, again. And again, and that's not a shot at Luke Adams, but I think obviously the at the perception of the fan base towards Luke Adams is pretty toxic and negative right now. So I don't certainly see him coaching this team. So that'll be wor- worth watching. I hope to kind of, depending on when the dates are, I kind of hope to maybe possibly get to go to games. I've, I've, I've signed up for the waiting list. So we'll see what happens. Uh, my summer is going to be interesting and we'll talk more about that, you know, as we get there. But yeah, um, I hope to maybe possibly see some games. We'll see what happens. But let's shift gears a little bit to football. Um, they had their spring football game yesterday. Again, I didn't get to see it, so I'm not going to comment a whole lot on it. Some of the things I heard was offensive line looked good. And again, that's I'm, I'm a broken record with the offensive line. I think if you if your offensive line is running on all cylinders, you're you're in a good situation where you can you can have a you know you're going to have a good, great season and you know I think the expectations it's going to be interesting to see how this Texas Tech football team approaches expectations because this is probably the highest expectations of a Tech football team we've seen since the 2014 season and um, I hopefully we have results vastly different than the 2014 season because you know that team you know you came off a win a bowl win uh, eight eight game eight season eight win season you win against an Arizona State team and I mean there's a lot of hype there was a lot of hype for that team you had um, the season tickets sold out for the first time ever and there was high expectations and tech I mean they went four and eight <laughs> I don't see that happening. This year, you know, I, I think, first of all, I think Joey McGuire, very different coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And I think you've, you saw hints of four and eight in the 2014 season uh, early on. And I don't, I don't, I don't think you're going to see that with, with this Texas Tech uh, team this year. But, you know, you, you have an early test with the, with Oregon, with your home opener, you know, you, you find a way to win that game. You know, you're you're going to serve notice that this is a Texas Tech team that could go far. And and you know, I've said it multiple times on this podcast already. I do truly believe that this Texas Tech team is going to be in the mix for the Big Twelve Championship. You know, I, I look at them, I look at TCU, Kansas State, um, you know, UT on paper. Looks to be talented, but we've seen that movie before where they have all this talent and then they just end up going six and six, seven and five. You know, the other the other big question mark team for me is OU. Can they rebound from a pretty disastrous season last year? Um, you know, Venables is going to have to prove some things this year. And so that'll be interesting to see. I think that really those are your five. T- right now here, April 23rd, those are kind of the five teams I'm I'm keeping an eye on 
as far as who could be contending for a Big 12 championship. So, but you know, football, I think we're I think we're going to be in for a good season, and it'll be, it, something that's going to be bared watching is you might see some players enter the transfer portal now that spring practice is over because they see that oh, we're not going to get the playing time that we thought we were. So that that's going to be bear watching as well. So um other big sports stories this week. Oakland the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. Not a surprise. I think it was very clear pretty much the last 4 or 5 years that Oakland was not going to build a new ballpark for them and you know Las Vegas, you know, seems to be the leading seemed seemed to be the leading candidate all along. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. One of the articles I've read is so now you you've got Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays on the clock for either a new ballpark or they move. You know, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. I I really it really does rub me the wrong way that these billionaire owners try to hold cities hostage to make them pay for their stadiums. And too many times cities are willing to do that. And, you know, you feel for citizens of those cities because then they're having to pay higher taxes to build these stadiums where 20 years go by and then they want another stadium. And so uh, is, is is there something that depreciates in value more quickly than sports stadiums? You know, I mean... Look at the Rangers. The ballpark in Arlington was still in good condition, but boy, they wanted a shiny new indoor facility and they got it. And the ballpark, I think, was just a more charming and a more beautiful facility. Yeah, it was outdoors in in you know North Texas in, in the summer. Yeah, that could be hot, but I think it had more personality than kind of the cheap uh, knockoff they have of Minute Maid Field. So um Minute Maid Park so but that'll be interesting to watch and see um articles I've read is basically once the Tampa Bay ballpark situation is figured out then the then Major League Baseball is seeking expansion and I think that's going to be interesting to watch where they go I think you will see one team in the west one team in the east and I think it's going to come down to really Three cities to me are are the ones. Uh, I think I think the city in the West is probably going to be Salt Lake City. I know there's a push to get for Portland to get a team. Portland's a mess. I mean, Walmart is leaving Portland. So why would Major League Baseball set up shop in a city that's falling apart because of crime and because of their politics? I don't see that happening. And so to me, Salt Lake City makes the most sense in the West. And then in the East, I think this is where it gets really intriguing. I think it's going to come down to Charlotte or Nashville. Um, and I, I would give the edge to Nashville right now. I think location-wise, that's a better location than Charlotte. The Atlanta Braves are going to have a lot of influence on who that team's going to be because both Charlotte and Nashville are in the Atlanta Braves' footprint and so they're they're really going to be very, um, I think, reticent about losing part of their footprint. But that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I, you know, obviously, there's been talk of well, Montreal could put in a bid. Um, I, I don't. I just I don't think 
going back to Canada is in the cards right now for Major League Baseball. Uh, now, certainly, the big question mark is going to be if Tampa Bay doesn't get a stadium deal, do they move? I don't know. Um, you know, Major League Baseball in Florida hasn't really worked, honestly. You know, I, I would have. I remember a few years ago before they built the stadium for the Marlins. You know, there was a push for. There was even a, a potential for them to go to San Antonio and and be a team and i thought that would have been really cool um and they even could have kept the marlins name because you know the reports were they were going to build the ballpark near SeaWorld, so you could have done like a fun little SeaWorld marlins tie-in but uh you know it'll be interesting to see does does tampa bay get a get a ballpark out of the city there and if they do then certainly i think it'll be interesting uh expansion on the table i think nashville and salt lake city are the two prime candidates to end up with with teams so well i hope everybody has a good week um just some fyi stuff i do plan on recording next sunday um i am i have enrolled in graduate school so i'm working on my master's degree now um and so i'm I'm, my plan is still to record one episode a week because this is this is therapeutic for me. This is a hobby for me, and it's something that I've, I really enjoy doing. But, you know, just bear with me if there are weeks that I don't drop an episode. I, like I said, I'm really going to try as best I can to drop at least one episode a week. But I hope everybody has a great week. Um, this is my la- – I, I, this is a personal note. This is my last podcast in the 30s. Uh, my birthday is next week, and I'm – Turning the big four zero, so yeah, should be interesting. But anyway, I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next time for the Chris Carpenter Show.